So I had um, kind of a bad dream last night. Uh, as, as my nightmares go, it was pretty tolerable, but it did feel profoundly unpleasant. It, it does have a little bit of that problem where like when you are in a, a dream, it's literally your entire world. And so it feels very important and like good content. Uh, I love living in the modern world. But then, uh, like, upon trying to record it, I, I guess both in the sense that we are doing right now, but also, like, after waking up, I was trying to remember it. Right. I did feel a little bit like, oh, maybe this wasn't as, as rich as I thought it was, but it's kind of the best I have lately, so I'll, I'll jump into it anyway. Perfect. So I found myself in some kind of food court, and I think I was with my family. Who, who all in your family? Like, how many members? Uh, yeah, good, good question. I was with my family, which I think mostly consisted of my mom and maybe a couple other people who were not very well-defined. Interesting. You know how sometimes you just have, like, people shapes in your dreams? Yeah, and they kind of become different people throughout, yeah. Yeah, and they, they never really factored in. They were just sort of present. So, yeah. I don't know, maybe they were my dad and my brother, who are my actual family. <laughs> but I would never want to implicate them in such terrible deeds <laughs> as taking me to a food court. <laughs> and, like, we had ordered food uh, like some kind of sloppy joe sandwich and um, it smelled very gross and I took a bite of it and just like it was it was putrid and I looked up at <laughs> I looked up at the the name of the restaurant you know like it might say like Panda Express right or Popeyes yeah Popeyes Charlie's steak sandwiches or whatever that thing at the mall is well, we need to get some sponsorship here so we can <laughs> Reach out to us, brands. <laughs> Email brands at exquisitegraveyard.com. Uh, so instead of any of those kinds of things, the sign above the cashier just read horse meat. And I was internally very surprised, but I didn't want to show that for some reason. Like it would be gauche to be offended by horse meat. I think in my mind I was like, oh, is that something the French do? <laughs> Which I'm now actually not sure of. Maybe? People do eat horse meat. Maybe this is where this came from. It's always been kind of a, a thing where I'm like, well, why not? Why, why right. not horse meat? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're herbivores. And I think usually the thing is like herbivores tend to taste better than carnivores, which are mostly greasy and gamey. Not that I have a lot of experience. <laughs> they do have a lot of working muscles, though. So they're probably like tough. They're probably not very... Uh... Like juicy, that's probably, probably dry. It. For the most delicious horse, you have to pamper the horse. Yeah, definitely feed it, feed it beer, and get it real fat. <laughs> Just a, a fat, slow, delicious horse. Wagyu horse. <laughs> um. The best I can figure is just that, like, we're friends with the horse, and so we don't eat the horse. Right. <laughs> Getting a little sidetracked here. <laughs> Welcome to Equine Graveyard. Anyway. Uh, so horse meat. Horse meat. The horse meat and restaurant that just said horse meat. It was very, very blatant about what they were selling. What do you call a horse in French? Because that's probably what we would call it, right? Uh, a royale with legs? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm thinking of the dichotomy between, like, cow and beef and uh, right, that, yeah. that sort of thing. But yeah. whatever. Except for chicken. Chicken is chicken and chicken. Chicken, chicken, and, and fried gallus. You probably should have asked somebody else to do this podcast. <laughs> no, this is perfect. This is great. I, I think I think discussing the dream is 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 
and, and, and associated thoughts is very important. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, especially when the, the dream itself is like pretty inconsequential, but there, there was a bit more there. So I, I remember I sort of like glanced tentatively at my mom right. to see if this was as horrifying a reveal as it felt like. Yeah. And like, I don't remember exactly her response, but the, the gist of it was just like, mm, isn't this delicious? And I was like, uh, so we continued walking through the food court and like buying more food to eat. And it was like, this is where it really falls off in my memory. I'm afraid, but like it was getting progressively grosser and grosser. There was something like shaped like noodles and it wasn't noodles. And then there was kind of a time break, I think, because it, it was a very short dream right before I woke up. And I just remember running out of the food court with like my hands waving, screaming, you can always tell by the appetizers. I don't know what that meant. <laughs> were there any like onlookers? Did they? Did anybody like react to you when you said that? Or no, there there were tons of people there. It was a very busy food court. Like horse meat was killing it. Yeah, but like nobody really cared. They were I don't know. They were just like this guy doesn't get it. And, but then there was like a, a cut. If if we're using like the language of film to describe our dreams, right? There was like a cut to one of the menus and from your perspective or just sort of like the camera's perspective like it, yeah it was like an insert shot gotcha and it was of the appetizer section of like some menu and everything on it was just like dag nasty and i don't remember anything specific except that it like it was this close to saying like this food is gross lol <laughs> Like, this is the appetizer section. This is where we have to warn you. Legally. We're legally required to, <laughs> yeah. to warn you with the appetizers. And I'm afraid that's it. Oh, man. That, that's a good dream. That's how I woke up this morning. Screaming. <laughs> screaming into your bedroom. <laughs> you can tell by the appetizer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Josh Crowley. And I'm T.R. Appleton. We take your nightmares and transform them into improvised horror stories. This is The Exquisite Graveyard. worked at the cannery for 20 years and then lost his job. He was way too young for retirement, so he tried to find another. He scoured the classifieds looking for anything, went to job interview after job interview, and still came up with nothing. One day he found a mysterious flyer on a telephone pole in a dark alley on his way home from a bar he'd never been to before and probably would never go back to again. It was a cannery job, which was exactly what he was good at. The ad didn't specify what they'd be canning, but he decided to give it a shot and throw his hat in the ring, and, and sure enough, when he called the number, they told him to come in on Monday. He didn't really think anything of it. Norm had canned everything, cat food and dog food. His first clue that anything was amiss was when he showed up. He had seen this plant before, he'd passed it a hundred times. 
but he'd always thought it was abandoned, and it didn't look like there was a new owner. The place was reminiscent for him of something like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, a strange, mysterious factory that nobody ever seemed to go into and nobody ever seemed to come out of. He entered with caution, but the man who greeted him at the door was very friendly and put him right at ease. Welcome, 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 said the man. I'm Aloysius. I'm the, uh, the manager here. You must be, you must be the new hire. Well, I'm glad you're here. We have a whole bunch of stuff we need canning. Aloysius gestured toward an assembly line with nobody working it. Norm hoped that didn't imply he would be the only person working the line. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Norm. He was thrown off. His supervisor at the last plant carried such a sullen demeanor that the only time he seemed comfortable in his own skin was when he handed Norm his pink slip. He reached for something polite to say to somebody you've just met, especially somebody who would be your boss. This certainly looks like a change of pace from my last job, he said. Aloysius let out a hearty laugh. <laughs> That's a good one. You got a sense of humor, don't you? Canning is canning is canning, I assure you. This is the same place as any other cannery. Norm didn't want to specify that he meant more in terms of the absence of other co-workers. So, uh, should I just get, get, uh, get started? He said. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, step right up, said Aloysius. Norm approached all the machinery and took a look. It was very similar to the other machines that he had used throughout his career. So, uh, so what'll I be canning? He asked. Oh, don't you worry about it. It's normal stuff, normal stuff. Norm's stomach dropped at this unsettlingly vague reply, but Aloysius walked off, continuing to laugh. Not knowing what else to do, Norm walked up to the line, and without doing anything at all, the conveyor belts creaked to life. Norm looked around, trying to find someone who may have turned on the machinery, but the cannery was still empty, only him and Aloysius walking toward the exit. The first can slid down the assembly line and looked like it was some sort of meat. Yep, said Norm to himself, just normal stuff. He didn't want to acknowledge the strangeness of the situation. He just canned the meat and moved on to the next one. Each can slid down with exactly the same contents, and he just kept canning and canning and canning. Before he knew it, it was lunchtime, and he headed for the break room, or at least wandered around until he found it. He probably should have brought a lunch, but he was so excited to start that he completely forgot. Still, it would be good to take a break, so he sat down at the table. When he did, the table itself slowly creaked to life. It was not a conveyor belt, but it started to act like one, and down the line came a single open can. Norm didn't have a fork or any, any way to eat what had just arrived in front of him, so he looked around and tried to find something. Within moments, a fork slid down the table. He felt hesitant. The situation was disturbing, with tables behaving on their own, but the way the machinery had acted earlier, it seemed as though this was maybe some sort of extremely advanced factory. He decided to accept it for what it was, and picked up the fork and dug in. To his surprise, whatever this was was delicious tasted like the most flavorful beef or chicken. He couldn't even describe which kind of animal it may have come from, but whatever it was, it surely was something. Before he knew it, he'd eaten the entire can. He let out a satisfied belch and felt ashamed for a moment until he remembered that he was alone. And then, from the other end of the room, he heard another can slide down. The second one tasted almost better than the first. He kept eating and eating and eating until he thought he couldn't possibly eat any more, and then another can would slide down and he would eat that one too. It was like his hunger had no limit for some reason. 
If anything, with each can, he became more ravenous. He ate more hungrily, more sloppily. Finally, at the 17th or 18th can, he was digging in with both hands. He hadn't noticed that the aperture of the can had widened to accommodate both his hands. He dipped his head in. Eventually, he was just lapping it up straight with his tongue. He was intoxicated with such rapturous ecstasy from this canned meat that he didn't even notice when he fell in, tumbled, and continued to eat the whole way down. Somewhere in the back of his mind, he knew that he should stop at some point. He knew that this was ridiculous, outrageous, that he was consuming way more than it could possibly handle. And yet he found himself unable to stop. He pleaded with his mouth to stop chewing, but it just wouldn't. He just couldn't stop himself. Also in the back of his mind, he had the realization that maybe this stuff didn't taste as good as it seemed. Maybe even the first can hadn't been as delicious as he thought. It was almost like some sort of trick, some hypnosis. He envisioned how he must have looked to outsiders and was disgusted with himself, and yet he couldn't stop. He ate for what seemed like hours until finally he fell to the floor, unable to consume anymore. The floor, of course, was made of aluminum, or perhaps steel, which confused him until he remembered how he tumbled like Alice down the rabbit hole into a puddle of gravy. Now his body fully 95% canned meat, the walls, perfectly round walls, seemed to be closing in on him. Bits of his body felt indistinct, like he was no longer a man, but just a bunch of chunks. He was still trying to realize what he had become when he heard a somewhat familiar laugh. His eyes rolled skyward toward the open top of the strange round metal room. Staring down at him was Aloysius's familiar face. <laughs> said Aloysius. Normal stuff, normal stuff. The room began to move around him. He realized that the table was shuffling him off somewhere. Aloysius's face disappeared into darkness. He rolled for a while until the room collided with something and came to a stop. Hello? He said, managing to form his chunks of a mouth into making sounds. Is anybody out there? They got you too, huh? Came another voice from nearby. Yeah, me too, said another. It was the ad on the telephone pole, right? He thought back to what had gotten him into the situation. He should have brought a lunch. For all his experience working at canneries his whole life, he couldn't believe he had forgotten rule number one of being a professional canner. Don't eat from your own supply. He heard Aloysius's voice through the tinny side of the can. He sounded very happy. You must be the new hire, he heard. You ready to can some perfectly normal stuff? Thank you very much for listening. If you have any nightmares or scary stories that you'd like to see become improvised horror, send them in to nightmares at exquisitegraveyard.com. Until next time, I've been Josh Crowley. And I've been T.R. Appleton, bidding you farewell from the Exquisite Graveyard. <laughs>